It's Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Saturday mornings at 9 here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, a News Gazette media station. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Coming to you from University of Illinois football practice along the uh, campus rec fields along Florida Avenue this morning. Practice, by the way, if you're out and about and would like to come out, it is open to the public. It actually begins at uh, 10 o'clock, although there are some uh, Illini football players on the field early going through some uh, pre-practice drills, if you will. Mr. Tate, how are you doing this morning? Doing well. What a great day, huh? Nice Beautiful and, day. Nice and cool for us here in the shade. Yep, got a nice breeze out here. So uh, please come out and watch uh, this Illinois football team. They don't have the pads on yet. This is uh, day number two of practice. Got through a session yesterday that lasted uh, a little over two hours, probably pushing three hours, all said and done. And uh, saw some things and want to get some of your opinions on what you saw. We've got some interviews to play. We've got some guests lined up. Phone line is open, 356-9397. If you'd like to talk Illinois football or anything else, basketball also uh, will practice for the last time in uh, Champaign today before heading to Italy tomorrow. And they'll play uh, four games next week. That'll be fun to watch as well. We're well, keeping yeah, an eye on it. Yeah, anyway. that's right. And, and today we'll get to see the one scrimmage that they have all year. Everybody's welcome to come to Ubbin. Uh, I'm going to go over there about 1.30. I don't know exactly what time they'll scrimmage, but they'll be practicing and then they'll break it into a, the only real full scrimmage that we that he's going to have before he goes to Italy. Back to football, a lot of the interest yesterday from uh, the media and fans who came out. As always, with the football team is the quarterback position. Brandon Peters is new. Isaiah Williams is new. Everybody got to look at them. Brandon Peters certainly looks the part, doesn't he? he? Really 6'5", does. 220, 230. He, he, he looks a lot bigger than Williams when he's taking the snap. I was just <laughs> watching over the, over my shoulder back here. and, and uh, Williams is, is not very big, but he's, he's certainly quick. The thing that you learn about option running quarterbacks is you can't tell about them in practice. Because they're not tackling. When you get in games, you see how difficult it is, and, and that's where their advantage is. Now, Peters is a, is a drop-back passer who's got some mobility, but, boy, he's big and rangy. He's a, if you were going to build a quarterback professionally, I would say, he's just about perfect, isn't he? From a size, and he's got a really strong arm. And he's got two years of eligibility. Yeah. He's um, kind of back close to home, only 90 minutes away from where he grew up over Avon. suburban yep. uh, Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So a good opportunity for uh, his family to uh, see him play as the season goes on. Here's what Lovey Smith had to say a little bit about the, the quarterback uh, situation, the quarterback room as the Illini head into practice. I talked about adding a player. I like Brandon Peters that's, you know, started and played at a high level in the Big Ten. Uh, Isaiah Williams, I mean, you know how important recruiting is and what type of player he was in high school. So adding those guys to the mix along with, of course, uh, Matt, Matt Robinson, Karan Taylor, 
uh, Cam Miller. It's a lot, quarterback position is a lot stronger. Lovey Smith on the quarterback position. We'll hear from Brandon Peters uh, coming up as well on his first day of practice. Rod Smith also. Again, the uh, phone lines are open if you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Let's uh, go to the phones, and Alan is with us this morning. What do you say, Alan? Morning, guys. Uh, <clears throat> since I can't get Channel 3 and Channel 55 up to Champagne, since I got direct TV, my information's a little less than it used to be, although I did see on Decatur Station a little bit of the practice. And uh, the one thing I noticed about Peters was his passes – are not wobbly at all. I mean, they're quick and they're straight. And uh, that was good to see. And it's, like you say, Lauren, he seems to move real well. Well, he's uh, he's got a really strong arm, and he throws a perfect spiral. He overthrew right. a number of receivers yesterday for, you know, I mean, he's just getting into in the groove. But he didn't have quite the accuracy in the early part of it. Now, later on in 11-on-11, I didn't see that as much, Steve. But I'm, I don't have any doubt that, he, that he's a quality passer. And it looks to me like his mobility is a little better than we thought it might be. Also, uh, last weekend I saw we got some uh, pretty good recruits. And I'm wondering if that's going to continue. I'm hoping it got us out of last place with the, uh, with the type of recruits we did get. But uh, that was good to see. Alan, Alan, you're throwing me a curveball this morning with your optimism. <laughs> well, just remember, well, the, these I'm are commitments. Sorry. We don't have them signed yet, and it's a long time before here now in signing, and, and a lot of things change in the course of a, a successful season would be a big boost to recruiting. There's no doubt about that. Steve, I'm trying to be optimistic about the Cardinals, too, but I'm afraid to. Yeah, they're, they're in first place, so just hang with it and enjoy the well, ride, right? Getting no sooner back today, I think, and uh, Molina is rehabbing again. I'm not sure about Carpenter. I even heard uh, a rumor down there that possibly they might not bring him back and they might release him, which is a little surprising. Well, well that's releasing a lot of money on that contract. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. Keep an eye on it. Uh, Alan, we appreciate your call. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. 356-9397 is the number if you'd like to join us on Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Illini Pella. We're here until 11 o'clock as usual and the football practice just getting underway. So come on out and watch uh, the Orange and Blue in practice number two here of their uh, fall camp on the campus rec fields. You'll see it if you're driving down Florida Avenue. Take a look and uh, stop on in here. Brandon Peters, 6'5", 230, as we mentioned, transfer from the University of Michigan. Here's some of what he had to say after practice yesterday about uh, getting settled in here in Champaign-Urbana. The three weeks that I had to, you know, work out with the team, like do seven-on-seven seven and stuff, um, you know, that kind of got me acclimated a little bit. Uh, got to meet, got to meet some of the guys, uh, get comfortable around them. You know, I think that's a big part about it. All the, the younger guys, uh, Matt and uh, Williams, you know, we're all going to push each other. You know, it's good competition, you know. Iron sharpens iron. I saw it as a, a big opportunity to stay in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I had some Mac interest, but uh, in the long run, it, I mean, it looked good just to stay in the Big Ten. And, I mean, I thought that was pretty amazing, too, just to have this opportunity to be around my family a lot more because at Michigan, you know, I'd, I'd see them maybe like six, seven, eight times a year, but I could probably go home every weekend if I wanted to. That's quarterback Brandon Peters. He wears number 18 
if you're out at practice today. Boring number one is Isaiah Williams. He had kind of an up, up and down uh, first day of practice, as you might guess, for a freshman. Yeah, I, I think, as I said, you've just got to wait on him. What, what you see now uh, it won't be anything compared to what you see a month from now or, or a year from now or two years from now. He, he's got all the uh, potential. Now, I, think he, I think it's uh, all going to be quarterback, but he could play other positions. Uh, he was recruited at other positions by a number of major schools, but right here he, he's going to be a quarterback, and, and, hey, you need more than one anyway. I mean, he, I don't know who's going to start. I think it'll be Peters probably in the first game, but we'll see. I mean, Robinson, nothing wrong with Robinson. He's, he's throwing the ball well too, but there's a certain snap that Peters has with his passes. As you can see that that's a special arm. What else did you see yesterday that you're optimistic about? The receivers, we've been paying attention to them. I will tell you that we talk a lot about recruiting, but the thing that impressed me yesterday was the, how well the transfers seem to be doing. Not only the two receivers from USC, but uh, they, 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 they keep throwing these names at me just to confuse me. Olawali Batiku, Batiku, I think that's approximately it. The defensive end, I saw him make some terrific moves. Now, they don't have pads on, and, and, you know, we don't know anything until we see him hit. But when you when you take into consideration Peters and then you f- mention uh, Pettibone at guard, I mean, they've, they've got some and, – and I like Navarro. I've always liked Navarro ever since I saw him last fall and again in the spring. I, we've always got some transfers in here that take the place of some recruits that they didn't get. Let's go back to the phones. The line is open, 356-9397. We're at Illinois football practice. Bob, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Yeah, guys. I was wondering um, how healthy is Epstein now and what role do you think he's going to play? Oh, he's 100%. He's, he looked good yesterday. He, I mean, he'll play a backup role, I think, but I th- it could be an alternate role. I, but I, I don't think he'll play half the time, but I think he'll play a good – you need more than one running back. Everybody needs more than one running back, and, and I, I'd say he's number two, wouldn't you, Steve? I would, and I thought I thought he looked a little bit faster to me yesterday. Well, it looked I, like he had another another gear there that I hadn't seen before. Anything else? Okay, well, I appreciate No, that's it. I just I haven't heard much about him since uh, spring and them holding him out so he can right. get fully healed, and nobody's right. really highlighted him, and I know that he's, you know, with his ca- pass-catching ability and his speed, I just – knew that if he's healthy, he could be a, a good weapon for that offense. Well, Corbin going over 1,000 yards last year makes him the uh, central point. You know, the, uh, when you start talking about running backs, he's talking about Corbin. But he's he's definitely, well, I say definitely. I think he's number two. They've got several other guys. Bonner's a good runner, and I, I've always, you know, Dre Brown has is, is always shown great potential, and, and he, you can throw him in. I think the, the depth at the running back position might be, would you say it's the best on the team? I, I would. Yep. From a depth, I mean, the line is fine, except they don't have that kind of depth, the offensive line. Hey, Bob, we appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the running hey, back thanks. position, you bet. Uh, the running back position, I think, is the strength. And the, the receivers, they have some numbers. They've been working with, and we'll hear from uh, the receivers coach, Andrew Hayes-Stoker, coming up later in the show. But uh, they've got, working with about 15 guys, yep. 15 wideouts. And uh, Ricky Smalling, of course, is the, the biggest name, the leading re- uh, returning receiver. Did you ever have a coach tell you that we, uh, he, he said that he didn't play well enough to be named a starter before this season? So that's, I mean, that's laying it on the line. I mean, and he had, what, 31, 33 catches the last two years. Um, he he uh, is not a speed burner. 
but he's a he's a good receiver, and if you've got a, if you have a good core, he'd be a good member of it. I don't know if he he will be the leader of this. I'm I gotta I gotta see more about uh, Sydney before I, I I think Sydney could be pretty good if he can be healthy and and hold up. Well, he's got that speed you're talking about. Uh, he's one of the transfers from uh, Southern Cal, and I think the uh, the speed at that position will be better. Uh, obviously, you got to catch the ball. They got a guy that stood out yesterday in my mind. He wears number eight. Quincy Washington, and he was making uh, some good catches. I thought. Yeah, he's really freshman got, coming he's in. He's really got good hands. He, uh, we just don't know how how he'll work out. I mean, he, he's a freshman, but yesterday he definitely. You know, they they made an emphasis on that. I pointed that out. They made an emphasis on throwing the ball to him and throwing the ball to Sydney because I think they want to see how these guys. They they know about Trenard Davis. They know about other guys on the team. They know what Caleb what they're going to get out of out of some of the other guys. And uh, I think that the newcomers are going to get more of a, of a test. Of course, Rod Smith is the offensive coordinator. We talked about uh, Brandon Peters. We heard from Brandon Peters. Here's what Rod Smith had to say about Brandon Peters after his first practice with the Fighting Illini. You have some inexperienced guys like Isaiah. Uh, Matt's had one year, um, so he's a little bit more seasoned, if you call it that. But uh, it's still, you're still in the same boat you were, in my opinion. So that's why it was important that I thought we go get an older guy to come in, and not just from you know playing standpoint, but show these guys also how 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 a veteran works, how he studies the game, how he handles his business. I just think that's important too. It, it helps the whole entire room. He, you know, he's been meeting with me every day, so kind of he's on the AJ Bush plan. You know, he can't can't really work out until late there, until he finally got admitted into school, and then. Uh, but he was able to do all the throwing stuff with the guys on the player run practices type stuff. So, you know, he's had he's had uh, some reps, which is good. Um, you can tell he knows what he's doing. We're still trying to fill our way around a little bit. It's all still new to us. But you know, I was I was happy with him the first day. That's offensive coordinator Rod Smith talking about Brandon Peters. Nine fourteen, the line I pedal Saturday sports talk. We're at Illinois football practice on the uh, campus rec fields along uh, Florida Avenue. Come on out and uh, take a look at this Illinois football team. We'll be on the air with you, of course, until 11 o'clock. We'll take our first time out. We will keep the phone lines open. We'll visit with Illini Sports Information Director Kent Brown here at Illinois Football Practice coming up next. Stay with us. We're back after this. Welcome back. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you until 11 o'clock. Ed Bond is here as well. We're on location as we uh, speak, that's the way they talk in the movies, Lauren. Uh huh. At Illinois football practice, Kent Brown is with us. Morning, KB. Good morning, man. I tell you what, you know, yesterday we were trying to figure out where to set you guys, uh, not knowing what field they're going to practice on. As soon as they said field two, I thought of the hill <laughs> up here underneath the shade tree, and man, couldn't have been a nicer place up I, here. I came out here at sunup to make sure we got the got the spot. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody got here before us. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But it is a nice, uh, cool breeze here. And even out in the sun, it feels pretty good. It's been a lot worse on the, oh, the, the, the uh, 3rd of August. But uh, this is, speaking of threes, this is the 33rd football camp for you, huh? Kind of crazy. I started think, counting up yesterday again. Every time this time, uh, every year about this time, I start counting how many this is. This is 33rd since I was a senior in college. I started in the sports information office and, and – uh, so, yeah, I will take a shady day in the under a tree uh, any time in, in August during this, this uh, time period. It's always, um, you know, we're always trying to get ready for the games, right? I mean, that's our priority, and, they, you know, coaches love this time of 
year. I mean, it's a preparation time, and, and so there's a lot of excitement and a lot of optimism going into this, and we're all interested in watching these new guys uh, come out on the field, freshmen and transfers for the first time, and uh, seeing what they can do. And But, you know, I, I'm – I, I told somebody the other day, I, was like, I kind of wish we could skip some of this and get right to game week because that's that's where it kind of starts to get fun and, and you get uh, ready for the for the games. But it's a necessary part of the uh, preparation. And uh, we have a great layout here with these three fields. I think this is the third year that we've been here. And um, it's it's worked out very, very well. Uh Ken, I noticed that uh, Lovey was over watching the offense for a while yesterday when they were split up. And he is a defensive coordinator, but he's also the head coach. And I just, how do you think that's going to work, you know, with him being responsible for the whole team and yet uh, being the defensive coordinator? Well, I think there's times when the defense is probably working on individual drills and things like this. That's that, what they were doing. That, yeah. you know, he's, there's other staff that are handling those drills and he can keep an eye on him. He's head coach. He has to be aware of what's going on in every section of the, uh, of the game. And, uh, he watches the special teams pretty close, and, and he wants to know what's going on at offense. He knows how important the quarterback position is and how important the run, the offensive line is, and he wants to see those new receivers. And, and so he's certainly going to keep track of that. He's added a different element to his preparation, too. Yesterday we were talking, uh, for for instance, you know, we do our media interviews as soon as practice is over, and Lovey normally – stays out on the field he usually is the last one that comes over he'll let the players filter off do their interviews the assistant coaches filter off do their stuff because they've got to go back and watch film so they can show it to the players when they have their team meeting their position meetings later and he's said yesterday because you know probably from now on i'm probably going to come off immediately and do mine first because I got to go back and watch film. I got to get that time in to, to now watch film and break some stuff down before we go back to our team meeting. So he's kind of adjusting his schedule a little bit uh, to that. You know, as a head coach, he understands his role is to is to be available to the media every day and uh, talk, you know, answer questions and do what he has to do. But he's also now he's got a little different role to it. And uh, uh, but he's done it before. Obviously, he's been coordinator at the highest level, and and uh, he knows what he's doing. And and um, but it's. It's funny to watch, kind of interesting to watch him, how he's adjusting his his day a little bit. You know, the folks at Rantoul did a great job oh, with yeah. Camp Rantoul for many, many years. But having this this close to the stadium, this close to the football offices and the, the new building, it's got to be a benefit, I would think. Well, you know, I know that uh, the players are, are certainly more, um, they understand, they they know where everything's at and Rantoul there's a, a little bit of time part of the big thing about Rantoul was this camaraderie you're up there for yeah. three weeks and you were together and it was only you and it was only football and it's really focused and the coaches like that um, but it was really a, uh, a challenge for a lot of the staff about moving all this the all weight equipment, equipment all the football equipment you know Trent Chestnut and Andy Dixon those years moved all that equipment up there uh, all the sports medicine equipment all the video equipment we had to have a IT guy on staff to keep the Wi-Fi and all the internet mm-hmm. stuff running, and so uh, there was a lot of challenges in getting that done, and that doesn't have to happen here. Uh, not to say there weren't some positives about Rantoul, because there were that that camaraderie was important. But I think uh, when we have facilities like we do right here, and in these grass fields at the rec, campus rec uh, that we use, uh, really makes it a nice deal. And I tell you, you know, the we, we you brought up the new facility, and and it's kind of partially open right now you know the coaches offices are are fully functional and they're working out of their offices Um, but there's still a lot of little finishing work to be done so 
Uh, I think everybody wants to make sure that um, that's all completed before the team comes in and takes over. So the locker room is done, basically done. Uh, Trent is working out of the equipment room and uh, the, the laundry area there, but he's still having to move stuff back and forth. The, the, uh, the strength, the weight room, everything's in there, but it's still a little bit of work to be done. There's a lot of graphic stuff that's still working on. So it'll be a couple of weeks before everything gets moved in. It'll be spectacular once it is. Uh, I was asked this and didn't know the answer. When does the Butkus uh, statue go up? And so, it's going to be over on that side. So October, uh, the weekend of the Michigan game, October okay. 11th Michigan, and 12th. Okay. And so that Friday will be the – there's two things that we're going to be doing, a dedication, official dedication of the Smith Center and also the official dedication of the Buckus Trophy or Buckus uh, statue. And so we'll do two different events that afternoon on Friday um, and to recognize that. So – and it is going to be spectacular. I've seen a picture of it, and because uh, it's obviously close to to being finished, and it is it is it's really going to be special. That'll be a meeting place for the fans on the uh, on the east side, right? On the meet east you, side, meet you at Butkus. Man, is that like the museal statue? Yep. That, that's where Kent meets all his friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that still up down there? I just... <laughs> but that uh, that is a, a great looking building from uh, what we've seen. And speaking of uh, dedications and getting things going then you've got the hall of fame thing this fall too yeah september 20 21st is the hall of fame uh, induction and and you know we changed things up just a little bit uh we the the first two years we had the uh the gala in chicago um and in the second year there was certainly a, a a little bit of a drop off in the in the attendance and and so we were trying to figure out the best way to have that we didn't we really want to have a major event up there um and so you know the first year was unbelievable the number of people the 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 people went in that first class was, you know, the greatest of the greatest. The second class was incredibly, but a smaller group. Third class, a little smaller group, but still, you know, some huge names. And so uh, we're going to have the induction here. And then uh, our plan moving forward is to every five years to have a gala in Chicago where we bring back the, the five classes, bring them to Chicago, really have a huge celebration every five years around that, but do the annual uh, induction here at State Farm Center around a football game. And so, yeah, September 20th, that's right. And that's a free open event to the to the fans. We do have an event after the induction. Uh, and so if you remember last year, we had that huge VIP tent. There was a big white uh, almost building mm-hmm. uh, in the parking lot there at uh, First and Kirby. And, um, and so we're going to have that up again this year. And so after the induction ceremony, there's a, an event there with uh, an open bar and a band and a chance to mingle with the, uh, the, the Hall of Famers and other people who are coming back. Um, it's a $100 ticket, but it's, there's food and drinks and, and, and a band and for, for several hours after the induction, kind of a celebration after that. And so um, we're, we're going to try that out and see how that works. I, we think it will be a really fun, fun event for Illini fans. One of the Iowa writers wrote the other day, uh that uh, the the best idea for Illinois and Iowa was to play a game in Chicago. Of course, they would want it to be an Illinois home well, game. Of course. <laughs> and I'm thinking, when do you think Illinois will play the next football game in Chicago? It's a great question. You know. Oh, by the way, Northwestern is going to have a game in in, uh, in Wrigley Field. You see that? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, uh, we played them obviously there in 2010, I believe. And uh, the shore is still running, isn't he? <laughs> he might be, man. It's, it's a fun game for Illini fans. Uh, but you know, that's a uh, Northwestern signed a contract, I think, to play several games there, two or three. And um, and you can fit them in now, right? 
Yeah, Wrigley's. the field the field fits. They they retro they when they redid redid uh, renovated the field and stuff. They made an the area there, and, and so they could have a full field and make it uh, uh, acceptable for everybody. You know, uh, to do it. Uh, you know, the one of the problems, of course, Northwestern and Illinois have a. You know, we have a, a Chicago rivalry. There's no doubt about it, and I, I know our fans don't like seeing Chicago's hometown. You know, uh, town team and and. Uh, uh, here we are. We we have way more alumni in Chicago right. than anybody else. So uh, when we played that game at Wrigley, Illinois fans fans probably outnumbered the Northwestern fans, even though it was their home game and they marketed it and they did all the stuff for it. So they have to be careful if they're going to host a game there about having Illinois a part of that. Uh, but I kind of see that traditionally a lot of times of whoever they play there is probably going to have a large fan base come in just they run into that at home too when they, they play wisconsin or ohio state it's, it do. turns red they do instead so, of purple so you know we'll have another game up there at some point in time i think it's important that when we go up there um that we have a a strong fan base strong ticket sales uh a, a team that you know that that will draw that and i think that's one of the things that josh is is hoping to to have happen before we schedule another game up there how are you feeling about uh, this football team? You're kind of in a, in a <laughs> similar position to, to us media types because you're working with us and you're not really watching practice perhaps as much as you'd like to, but uh, you still got to have a, have your finger on the pulse of things. And uh, what have you seen? And again, it's early, one practice in. Yeah. But, uh, you, you, uh, about the feeling going into this year. Um, you know, I get a lot of my thoughts from the head coach. I talked to Lovey uh, quite often um, and, and get some feedback on him. And uh, he is very optimistic. He really thinks this is a team that can make a big jump. Now, he knows there's holes to fill, and he knows this is the fourth year, and he knows that, uh, he thinks there's some expectations for this team to, to take a big jump. Uh, not having Bobby Roundtree is a, is, a, is a big loss on the defensive side. Um, but there's guys coming back. You know, obviously I think they were looking for more depth, and uh, and so that's that to me that's a concern. I think our front players. I think having everybody back again. You know, we've gone through two years here where we've played so many young guys, uh, and now they've had three years in the system. A lot of those juniors. This is a junior-led team. It really is, and you you've added Eifler. You've added the two guys, and, you, and these are all guys who got two years eligibility. They're juniors. Yeah, this junior-led team with that are good athletes that look like Big Ten players. And I'm not sure we had a lot of guys the first last couple of years that looked like Big Ten players because they were all 19 years old right. uh, a year out of high school and not really having the time to, to get in the weight room. Um, so I think we're more athletic. I think we're uh, we're going to make some – we have some young guys, uh, number 20, Cumbie, right, the kid from, from Texas. Doesn't He's not very big. He is going to make some people look silly uh, on the field because of his speed and because of his shiftiness. Uh, a lot like Reggie Corbin, he makes people miss. That first guy really going to make – Isaiah Williams makes people, that first guy for sure, miss because of how slip, slippery they are. So how quickly those freshmen get on the field, I don't know. They'll have to earn their spot. But there are some athleticism and, and some speed. Beeson being another uh, that that I can see a, certainly a jump in this uh, in that part of it on this team. So I – I'm optimistic, you know. First one day, it's it's hard. Everybody's everybody feels great. Everybody's excited. There's high energy level. Let's talk in two or three weeks after they've been out here and it's been a grind and everybody's kind of sniping at each other. And, uh, you know, when after they've gone through that, you know, the, the round tree thing is just terrible. It's just so unfortunate for him personally. 
but you know you, you we're about a hundred percent right now and you know that there will be some guys that maybe won't be there for the first game or second game or third game it happens every year there that's the key it seems to me is to keep the particular particular offensive line healthy when you don't have because they got depth at some positions but they don't have depth at others it's kind of the way illinois has always been is in terms of numbers that you're strong in some areas but there's certain areas that you just can't afford to lose anybody well we've kind of been playing that that uh fine line with the offensive line here for yeah. a few years now and and uh trying to develop young guys and and trying to add depth so that you have seven you know two or three extra guys that you can play we there's been a couple uh big parts of practice the last couple of years where we didn't have enough for too deep because of injuries and, and stuff on the offensive line so um that is an area uh, i think we feel very comfortable there again it's it's Let's keep everybody healthy. Knock on wood. If I, if you guys had wood, that tree, Ed's going to have to knock on that tree. <laughs> or we'll just tap his head. <laughs> <laughs> the phone line is open. Ken Brown with us for a couple of more minutes. Uh, Steve, go ahead. You're on the air with us. Yes, I got a question. What are they going to do with all the old football offices and locker rooms and complex in the old building when they move into the new building? That's a great question, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, discussion and planning to what's going to happen there. So, uh, when everybody, when everything from football has moved over to the Smith Center, uh, the the coaches' offices, were, which were basically built in 1985, um, are going to be addition additional uh, academic services uh, areas, places where uh, tutoring and, and counseling can happen in those offices. Uh, the uh, but we're also moving a lot of our Olympic sport operations out of Huff. And so they've been operating out there from an equipment room over at Huff, uh, the uh, sports medicine area at Huff. Uh, all that is going to be moving to the current uh, football complex. So we'll be moving, uh, and I know they're happy about that because they'll pick up a lot of space. Uh, the, the, the strength and conditioning room, the weight room that football's used for the last uh, 10 years uh, because they'll be moving to a new one, uh, that'll become an Olympic sport uh strength and conditioning area and that'll, that'll get out of huff as well so a lot of the operations that have been in huff are going to be moving over um, our dietitian and uh, 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 nutrition staff will uh, pick up some offices they're kind of hidden down in the basement at the football complex uh, they're going to pick up some little bit more prominent offices the sports medicine area at uh, at memorial stadium will increase considerably they're going to take over some of the team meeting rooms so now there's some uh, some rooms that uh, doctors can do uh, you know, their checkups and things like that, a little more private areas and stuff like that. So it's going to be used uh, extensively, and um, we're going to try to rebrand that. There's a lot of football branding on there, so try to make it a little bit more all-sport uh, area uh, because it's going to be heavily, heavily uh, used by our Olympic sports, the rest of our teams that are really working out of Huff right now. Now, when the football team enters the field, do they have to run through the old building, reach the field, <laughs> or is there a separate runway? No, you know, so that's it's it's that's one of those things that we've been working on and talking about all summer long about their route from the locker room at the Smith Center, and um, so we've got a couple different options, and and one of the ways, and because uh, we want to capture that and 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 provide some of that information on the on the video board as the team runs in. So right now, uh, our our plan is to have them come across the. The sidewalk there between the stadium and, and the Smith Center uh, enter through the north uh, west tower and there's a long stairwell that goes down to the uh, right outside that tunnel that comes that that ramp that comes out on the field where they've always come out and a team would come down 
that stairwell and then gather at the bottom and then rush to the field. Um, you know, so we're going to, we're going to try that. If that takes too long, then we'll probably go out in the alley and come back in and, and come through that ramp, but we'll still enter through the ramp, uh, there in the, in the, uh, Northeast corner of the, of the stadium. Okay. Thank Anything you. Else? Thanks, Steve. We appreciate That's the call. It. Kent Brown with us. Of course, basketball is getting set. To, both basketball yeah. teams are getting set to uh, head overseas and uh, play some preseason. The Illini men's team leaves tomorrow for Italy. They've got a practice, an open practice today, a, a, a scrimmage towards the end of practice. So that's exciting. It is, and, and it'll be a great opportunity to see those. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know, that I know everybody wants to see Kofi uh, play, you know, and, and I mean, we've ever, never had a player with his body style right. <laughs> ever play. Lovey the other day says, hey, can you tell Brad that Kofi and I are coming really tight, pretty close friends? And because could you imagine, I've got a spot for him on the defensive end. Could you imagine him coming around the end at <laughs> seven foot tall? And I said, Ed, too tall Jones. He goes, even bigger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming around there. So, uh, it'll be fun to watch this team. I'm, I'm excited about that group. Uh, the women's team is going to Australia, and our softball team is traveling internationally as well. And uh, so I'm Derek Neal and I are stuck back here in Champaign. Everybody else is <laughs> is traveling all over the world. Uh, Brett Moore on our staff was traveled with USA Baseball uh, this last summer for a month. Was in uh, North Carolina during the exhibition games with Cuba, and then went to Japan for some international games and. And so everybody's been there, uh, traveling internationally, and Derek and I are here in, in Champaign at the rec field. So holding down the fort. Somebody's got to hold down the fort here. What's your biggest uh, job between now and the kickoff of the football season? Yeah, you know, we just got to be prepared. I mean, there's there's always uh, – it's kind of like a lot of the finishing work on the, at the Smith Center. It's a lot of the finishing work, uh, getting ready for the season in terms of just credentials and, and little – jobs that have to be set up and organized and ready to go for for that first game you know whether it's media meals or getting our copy machines you know ed's shaking his head back why'd you here. look at ed when you said yeah. media meals? well because he started immediately shaking his head really fast <laughs> like a bobblehead back there he's got that thing uh you gotta get our you know the make sure the radio crew the booths are set you know there's just a lot of those little things that we got to get done uh you know half our day is spent here at uh out here on the practice field and so kind of shortens our work days a little bit uh to do that but you know we're not in bad shape by, by any means but there's just a lot of those little things and there's always projects going on you know so i'm still working on some of the graphic stuff at smith center uh getting some of that stuff wrapped up so they can finish that on the walls and so um there's there's always there's always find, we're always finding things to do to get ready for the season. And you find time to keep track of uh, Major League Baseball as well. Ken Brown, my favorite Cubs fan. <laughs> that, that's a short list. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I feel honored, yeah. You're on, to- you're on top of that list. But it's uh, it's been a fun uh, season so far. Cubs, I think, better themselves. Cardinals, I'm not, I don't think so. Well, you know, uh, I think before the season started, I think everybody would have said that the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals were the three best teams in the division and would be a really tight. I think everybody expected their all three records to be a little bit better than they are, right? Uh, who thought the Cubs would be 10 games under on the road? If they could just win a few games on the road, I think they'd have pretty good, be in pretty good shape. But obviously, for some reason, they can't score runs. Uh, the Cardinals have gotten hot at the right times and uh, keep themselves in position. They've they've lost a game, a lot of games to, and I'm not saying just number of games, not 
lost the game themselves, but to injury, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got yeah. a lot of major players who have who have well, missed they, out. They've had some guys that they didn't expect come through. I mean, and that's, come, and that's I mean, what you that need. Catcher and third base, so that those are major major developments, and it doesn't seem to matter who's in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would you? I don't. I don't know. Would you trade any of those guys for any of the three on the Cubs? I, I don't know that you would. And yet here they are. They're they're certainly productive. And part of it is pitching. We all know the pitching plays a big part in that. And, and uh, you know that's that was a, a real deal with the Cubs in their bullpen for a while. And you th- hope to get a fix. And then. Uh, we've had a couple hiccups there too. There were where teams have scored some runs late, and so everybody forgets that Hamels is not pitching. Yeah, he's back today, so <laughs> he, we'll he see. Was, he was really good before. I mean, he had a great run early this season, and you miss him the last month or how yeah. long has he been out? More yeah, than a month. Yeah, more than a month, about six weeks, and so here we are. He's back, and you know, you know, who knows? Hopefully, he's healthy and can go deep and Darvish is pitching pretty well oh, he's, he's pitching, he's, he's really pitching. Well. I, I was up at a game about uh, three weeks ago around the Big Ten media days and I'm sitting right behind home plate and his ball was breaking two or three feet it was unbelievable how much movement he's got on his pitches that but the problem is he can't always get over the plate right, right. well he's now he's finding where he can get it close to the plate and get it over the plate and throwing some strikes and it's hard to hit so it'll be a great stretch I, I think uh, that last weekend in September is a bye football weekend. Um, I think we have tickets for the Saturday game down there, and I'm hoping. I just don't want to go into that last week as a Cub fan having to win three, right. three or four, <laughs> three games or whatever. Uh, but it's it's fun, and and uh, that's why you know when all the, when both of those teams are good, that makes the baseball season so much more fun in this area because there's a lot of. Uh, rivalry talk that goes back and forth, and I love hanging my uh, W flag outside my house after a win. Oh, I you don't do that. Well, I've got a couple neighbors that maybe, <laughs> maybe for that team across the river. So I like to. And there's a two of us. Two of us are Cub fans, and so we hang our those W flags out after every win. I saw something the other night. Lord and I went to the. Uh, Tuesday night game, and speaking of watching ball movement, that was Darvish and Wainwright yeah. pitching. We we were behind home plate. We saw some some really good pitches, and uh, we saw some strikes called balls and balls called strikes. And I guess that's going to be an issue. Umpires really have a problem with it. But Darvish <laughs> is hard to call. He is. But I saw something that night that I had not seen, speaking of your W flag. Some Cardinal fans had a blue L flag <laughs> <laughs> that they put up after that game. And I thought that was kind of creative. I well, hadn't seen that. I saw it. I saw it at, uh, at the White Sox game. Uh, they really? some of those White Sox fans had it. I think maybe that's. Uh, that means we're in your head. That's right. Yeah, we're in your head. You're you're reacting to what <laughs> we do. So I think we're in your head there. Uh, I I can't wait for this last uh, two months of the year. I mean, it's just going to be a lot of fun. But teams play each other a lot. Um, you know, I'm hoping the Cubs obviously come out on top, but I know it's going to be exciting, and I know it's going to come down that last weekend, and I'm, I'm dreading having to do it in St. Louis. So, um, it's you know, hopefully everybody stays healthy on both teams and, and plays good baseball because it's it's uh, it's it's exciting, and then you get into postseason and anything can happen. That's what you're trying to do. Yep, Kent, we appreciate it. Always, as always, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, great, to, good job, Ed, on the on the site location and and. Uh, I know we got some uh, some other guests coming up here. Yeah, so. try to resist uh, running out on the field and <laughs> taking passes as a tight end. Yeah, you? I'll be. I, that's not hard to do. <laughs> my legs. Get I'm just trying not to roll down the hill here. That's right. Got got a little off balance here, but we're we're in good shape so far. We'll keep the phone lines open. Three five six nine three nine seven. It is nine forty one. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a time out and be back. We'll tell you more about uh, Illini football tickets and such with Jason Hegemeyer 
and Associate AD. He'll join us next. We'll be right back. It is 9.45. Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk with you from Illinois football practice at the campus rec fields off Florida Avenue. Practice officially gets started at 10, but you can come on out now. Players are out doing some. They've been out here for, Lauren, 45 minutes or so. Yeah, and they're, they're going pretty hard. I, I just saw Sidney catch a pass, and he went about 80 yards with it. Uh, of course, there's no defense, but my point is that they haven't even started practice yet, and they're practicing pretty hard. And you notice yesterday after practice, a lot of guys stayed around after that. And uh, you, know how passes. You, you know how you'll know when practice really starts? When the music starts. <laughs> is, is that music? I mean, can I call that music? Well, you probably wouldn't, but I think <laughs> the young people do. Okay. Jason Hegemeyer is with us, Associate Athletic Director in charge of tickets. How you doing, young man? I'm doing really good. It's fun to be out here. I, I think I need a roster. I, it's fun to see all the new personnel out there. I see a lot of new numbers, and it's my first time out here, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up to see some of these guys. Well, they do have rosters for the fans that may also need rosters. When you walk in, you can pick one up. They uh, change those each day in case there are any changes to the roster. What's, what's new in the ticket office? What do you got going on right now? Well, it's a big year for us. Um, you know, n- not only in terms of, of moving tickets and having a great home schedule, but uh, we're making a real big jump this year in terms of the technology we offer people. We're we're kind of just, we're not dipping our toe in the water. We're jumping right in the pool <laughs> on mobile tickets. So, you know, we've went, we've went, anybody that buys a ticket online right now is, is going to get the option to get them, get them via their smartphone. And so that's a first for us. And so we've been planning for it all year. So Go you ahead, just, just take your uh, smartphone up to the, to the gate and, and they just click on it. Yeah. I mean, we're joining the, uh, the other venues around the country that right. are moving in that direction. You know, you'll get, you'll, you'll get your tickets delivered to your email but most people are using their smartphone to look at their email and there'll Mm -hmm. be a pdf file inside that email open it up there's a button that says save it to my apple wallet or save it to my google pay and when you walk up to the gate you just open that up just like it's just like flying like when you go through tsa or or when you board a plane you can show your phone yeah yeah use your apple watch i went to it Um, the first time at a cardinal game earlier this season and that was my first yeah how'd it go well it went fine i mean yeah there's there's been a lot of um I wouldn't say that people are afraid to do it. It's just change. And, uh, and, you know, we have to do a good job educating people on the benefits of doing it. There's a lot of different things that come along now. You know, it's funny. A, a few years ago, we used to spend a lot of time designing tickets, artwork on tickets. And a friend of mine at Wisconsin, he said, you know, why, why are we spending all this time on this artwork? They're just barcodes. And I'll tell you what, you know, years later, they're barcodes. <laughs> The, they're just a way to permit you entry into the stadium, but there's a lot of cool services that come along now with just using barcodes. You can easily transfer it to a friend now because we'll, it'll call flow right through our system. You, you log into your account, you pick the game and the seats that you want to send to your friend, type in their name and email address, boom, we shoot a new barcode out to that person. Really, really easy to, to transfer your seats around now. Um, for those that are using the secondary market and selling their tickets, you know, it's really, really easy for them now to do it. There's just a lot of different things that come along that, that we're able to offer people because we're now using the barcodes electronically. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention also this year that we're doing it for parking as well. So we've never had barcodes on parking. And, you know, we'll always get You called. always had to pay cash on that, right? Well, that's the other thing too, right? So we, we're, we, we've partnered with a, with, a, with a new product that we're going to be able to accept credit card sales now on game day. But we're also able to sell parking now in advance. We're going to offer a discount to incentivize people to do it in advance. So if you order online your parking in advance, you'll pay 20 bucks. 
if you roll up on game day, we're still glad to have you. And we're going to be able to offer you a credit card services there too, but it's going to be 25 bucks on game day. So there's a 20% savings if you do it in advance. Why do we want to do that? One, we want to get you on the electronic system. We want to get you into our system knowing who's coming to our games. Two, we want to provide those services too. If you buy your parking in advance, if you're a season ticket holder and you're parked in one of those lots right next to the stadium and, and you've given your tickets away for the day, it's always been pretty tough to get a physical parking pass to somebody. you got to meet them and give them that pass. So we get a lot of passes that aren't used. And this gives people a way to electronically transfer or sell their parking online. And hopefully those lots are a lot more full and we get people closer to the stadium and everyone will be happier. Here's my question then. What's that? What's the age, approximate age of the people attending the games and how many older fans do you have compared to young? And if you do have a lot of older fans like me, mm-hmm. uh, are they able to catch on to what you're trying to do? That's a great question, right? And I think that's up to us to educate people. But I would say that we're not the first part of industry to kind of jump into this mobile era, right? I mean, you're used to doing it at um, at the airlines. You're used to doing it at pro stadiums when you go. I mean, look, look at Major League Baseball. They don't ha- NFL. They're going to chips now on the on the tickets where it's an RF. It's, they're reading a frequency on the ticket. They don't even stub it. They don't even scan it. You just they just make sure it it reads the ticket. There's a lot of new technology that's out there, and some of the pro teams are going to – they've been doing it for a few years, so a lot of sports fans are getting a lot more comfortable with the mobile technology. But we have to educate people. And for those that, though, that, you know, might be a little bit uncomfortable or maybe don't own a smartphone, we're still going to do physical tickets. They can still choose to have a ticket mailed to them. They can still choose to have a ticket held at will call for them. We're still going to offer that. We're not going to get away from that yet. We still want to make sure that people have – that they're comfortable – getting it getting what they need to get to memorial stadium but this but going mobile offers them a lot more services than we used to be able to do what kind of feedback are you getting what kind of interest are you getting we all know it's all based on wins and illinois needs to get some wins going but uh, talk about the ticket sales so far and uh, maybe how it compares in recent years yeah you know things right now seem to be going pretty well i think you're you're right steve i I think people are looking for some some improvement and wins and they're 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 hopeful and to see some of that but we also we we have a lot of really good teams coming in this year so when you talk about michigan which seems to be you know that's the game people are most interested in right now but nebraska nebraska coming in here and we're offering that four pack four tickets for 89 dollars for nebraska so that's the game we've chosen to do the family four pack in wisconsin for homecoming there, those are three marquee games that we have at home this year, which we're doing our best to make sure people know about. You know, I, I, I think season ticket holders, obviously, our, our prices are pretty good. They're getting a lot of value this year with the opponents that are coming into Memorial Stadium. But with the, the teams that are coming in, and frankly, today, you know, I'm excited seeing all the new players. And the best thing for me is to hear you guys talking about all the new players and to see all the local media now seeing what what's been happening over the off season, seeing the additions that are here, there's some, there's some improvement here and there, you know, you can see some athletes out on the field and, and I, I've been waiting for this day because now everybody's starting to talk football and uh, you know, it's not just us telling you to buy tickets. Now everybody's this, this culture of talking about Illinois football and it's here and talking about the new guys we have and the culture that we have hearing you guys talk about it all day long and and reading about it. That's going to get people fired up for the season too. We're talking to Jason Hegemeyer. Back to parking for a minute. I'm not sure that anybody in the Big Ten 
that's got <laughs> better parking or more parking closer to the stadium than we have right here. Yeah, we, they, they, don't, they don't. But, you know, it's all relevant. And, uh, you know, if you're an Illinois fan, yeah, you don't care what the parking is like at Purdue or right. or other That's stadiums. Um, so it's a it's an argument we try not to to use. I mean, we you know, but you're right. We are we are blessed to have as much parking as we do, and uh, you know, those that will travel to other road games, they'll see that they'll see and then they'll appreciate what we got going on. And you know, it's not just parking; it's the room to tailgate. You know, like at a lot of other places, you'll see people squeezing their tailgates into these little slivers of grass that they might be able to find. And we're just we're just blessed with so many grass parking lots and places for people to tailgate prior to our games. And, uh, you know, once we once we get things clicking again and we get those lots full again, we're going to have a great environment. What's the status of the suites? Status of the, the suites. 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 In terms of the sales? Yeah. I mean, how many of them are I, I noticed that there was a an ad I saw where – a person could buy a suite for a game, a single game. Yeah, we've got some available. Apparently. Sure, and we've had some available, you know, for the last few years. But we, we, um, you know, we do we do allow people to buy those on an individual game basis because you know we're trying to get more and more people to experience that. That's part of sales, Lauren. I mean, you gotta like you gotta let people sample it and taste it before they actually buy it. So, you know, if you look at some of the teams around the country, um, some teams purposely don't sell out in basketball. They'll leave seats open on purpose just so they have some single-game tickets where they can keep people moving in and out of the the arena. We used to have that issue, frankly, at Assembly Hall, State Farm Center now, but when the Illini were, were, you know, were um, dominating everybody, we were sold out on season tickets. Well, what does that mean? That means there's like a whole group of people that cannot experience live basketball inside State Farm Center. And so for us, once... Once things started to trickle down a little bit, once we had some availability, now we were like, well, who do we, who do we push these out to? Who, who's our audience? Because we don't have all those single-game buyers in our database. You know, fortunately now, we do, our database is growing, and we do have a lot more people. And, you know, so that's, that's all part of sampling and letting people taste it and see, you know, if it's something that they want to invest in. Speaking of basketball, any, any news on tickets for that? How, how's that going in anticipation of the upcoming season? Yeah, so renewals are happening right now, and yeah. the deadline's actually Monday. Um, you know, I'm I'm really optimistic because we're we're tracking ahead of where we've been on, on renewals in the last four years, so that's a great sign for us. That's a that's a really good sign and a positive direction for us. We we you know we're we're waiting on a schedule just like everybody else. Uh, we're excited to see who we're going to play, and and more importantly, on what days we're going to play them. Uh, there are some season ticket holders out there who are just kind of waiting for that to happen, but. Um, it, the renewal rate is going great, and I'm, I'm ready and, and, and excited to get into the next part of that campaign, which is new sales. Well, I suppose it, the fact the team's going to Italy and playing four games and having these practices and having the stories in the paper helps that's, sales for basketball, This, which you wouldn't exactly ordinarily right. get. That's exactly right, and, that, and that's kind of what I was talking about with football, too. You know, once – once you all start covering them and once, you know, we, we start having some practices and people can get out and they hear about the team, not just us telling them about how we think they're going to be better, but when you can see it and other people are seeing it and independent voices are saying it, it does get people, it's, it's a little bit more credibility and it, and it builds some confidence in that. And, uh, and I'm glad that, that we have that this year. I mean, one, I think I'm glad that he gets the extra time with them for practices before the season starts because we do have a lot of new personnel coming in and uh but more importantly you're right once once you all start talking about it you know um 
people people start to get more interested in it and and they're starting to talk basketball at a time where you know normally we're not talking talking illinois basketball this early in the year with the uh, changes in the ticket procedure that you talked about earlier has that affected the, the size of your staff no it hasn't you know we've we've always been a pretty efficient um staff pretty we keep we don't have a ton of of uh, extra people on on board um, but we do a lot more than just sell and deliver tickets you know, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people might not know about. Um, so staff size is the same, but it's it's really not about saving money. It's really about offering people more flexibility and more services associated with having that electronic ticket that we've never been able to offer them before. And I, I'm, I'm happy about that, and I'm happy to see them finally get to take advantage of some of this technology that's been out there for a couple of years. And once we start educating people on what they can do with it, uh, I, I really think it's going to take off and people are going to get comfortable with it and it's just going to be the way, you know, they're just, they're, they won't know any different after a couple of years. It'll be what they're used to. Good stuff, Jason. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Yep. Jason Hegemeyer, ticket manager with us here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We are at Illinois football practice and speaking of uh, the Pella window store, they're really excited about a new product from Pella called Lifestyle. It's packed with innovation, including the option for their best between the glass blinds and shades with triple glazing. Pella Lifestyle has style flexibility with a wide variety of inside and outside colors. There's also performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce outside noises as well. You can see the new product at your uh, local Pella window showroom. They're of course located in Champaign at 1001 North Country Fair Drive. The window and door specialist there can help you find the right Pella product for your home and your budget. So uh, if you're out and about today, maybe come to football practice for a while, but uh, make an appointment uh, to uh, see those folks at uh, the Pella window store. They're by appointment only on Saturday, but they're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Stop by and see the Pella Lifestyle product at the Pella window showroom or check it out online at PellaofChampagne.com. For the Pella Window Store, Alani Pella Windows and Doors. 10 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Hour number one of Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. Practice just officially getting started now. We'll be here for another hour. Come on out. We'll be back with hour number two of the show after this. Stay with us. Hour number two of Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk is underway. We're at Illinois football practice here on the campus rec fields off Florida Avenue. You can't miss it if you're driving by. All the orange and blue out here, the Illini on the field uh, going through their uh, pre-practice exercises and uh, stretching and such and getting things underway. Joined now by Patrick Embleton from the uh, recruiting staff. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you all? Good. I want to get an idea of uh, a little more about uh, the recruiting staff, how many guys, how many people, and uh, and kind of how the day-to-day goes in that office. Absolutely. So uh, James Kirkland is our director of player personnel. He kind of leads the department. And then underneath him is myself and uh, Joe Price. Joe Price is new, coming from Houston, Texas, uh, from North Shore High School. So, And then after that, we have uh, Travis Perry, who's our director of creative design, kind of does all the social media stuff for us. And then Cam Skelding is um, our one of our recruiting coordinators as well. And Cam went to school here, so... That wraps up our recruiting department, but we all work hand-in-hand. Hand. What's your background? Uh, I've actually been here. This is going on my seventh training camp at the University of Illinois. Um, I played Division three ball at Ohio Wesleyan. After that, I coached for a few years, that, few years there and then came here a couple head coaches ago. 
So, so is, is coaching something that you're still hopeful to get into? Is this a, maybe a means to do that? Uh, well, uh, originally I wanted to, mm-hmm. so I came in as a graduate assistant, and then after that, transitioned into recruiting, and um, I think I found my niche there. I really enjoy the recruiting process, getting to know people, families, all that, different walks of life. Um, so I like that side of it. I like being on the personnel side of it and getting kids here in high school and then watching them develop and, and move on. Yeah. How much of the time do you spend watching film? So it's transitioned a little bit more since James came on board. Um, he does the majority of the film evaluation, but I would say in a given day, there's probably two hours spent of, of film evaluation, uh, which is nothing compared to what James does. What, why, uh, what do you do the rest of the day then? So I, I run our recruiting operation side of it. So I run basically our social media plan, um, how we target kids uh, communication-wise, how do we get them on campus, how we get them when they're on campus, there are certain meetings set up and everything, um, and then basically do all their transcript evaluations, um, our, I'm our admissions liaison, so I fill my time with, with other stuff. In How the, difficult is that uh, dealing with the, with the academic side of things? Uh, it, it, originally, it was a little bit difficult, uh, but now it's, since Coach Smith took over, um, I'm pretty comfortable with it, knowing what they expect and, and the expectations set forth by our academic standards. So um, it's gotten easier for sure. I mean, when a kid comes up, when coaches present a kid and we see his transcript, it's it's either yes or no. But uh, you've got a number of transfers on the team now, as well as high school prospects. And tell me how, uh, how let's just say that the three guys from USC, how did you go about, uh, do you work with the academic people at USC to, to get their uh, transcripts and everything? I mean, well, college transfers are a little bit easier because they have access to all their grades. So whereas high school, you got to work through an academic counselor um, okay. or a guidance counselor. Um, so you're kind of waiting on them. But our, our college transfers are able to, log into their portal, grab screenshots of their grades, and so we can get a sense of that. But, yes, you do have to work with uh, registrar offers at, at certain colleges to get an official transcript, um, and, and they're pretty responsive. Once, uh, once that happens, uh, how long does it take usually for you to clear a guy? Well, once that, uh, typically once we get him applied, um, there's usually between a week or a two-week process from when he gets admitted or denied. And what about dealing with the – were these guys in the portal? Yes, they were. So yep. you had to – okay, how do you yeah, – an awful – how many people were in the portal? Over 1,000, right? Uh, there's currently in football, there's probably over 3,000. 3,000? Yeah, so – 3,000 now? Yes. Well, during, I mean, the, during the season it was yeah. when, it, when it hit its yeah. peak. Um, so that that's a morning routine of, of getting into the office. It's one of the first few websites I check. That's my Twitter, transfer portal, see if new names pop up. Once you see those new names that pop up, the hard part is getting college film. Um, unless you know, unless they have college film and you contact them through social media. Uh, other than that, then you got to make a few phone calls to try to see if you can get some film on them. So do you guys, is it part of your job then to get high school film as well? Yeah, so with, with all the new technology out there, uh, accessing high school film is super easy. Um, Huddle makes it super easy for us. So type a kid's name in, he pops up on the Internet, you click it, he creates his own highlight tape. Um, and highlights don't tell all the story, so we also like to watch full games to make sure that the player on the highlight is the same player throughout all the games, right? You don't see many drop passes in the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> or caught behind the line of scrimmage or anything like that. Right. We're visiting with Pat Embleton from the uh, recruiting office. Now, do you do you guys schedule the visits for the coaches and 
set, sets up their appointments for them? Yeah, so we work hand-in-hand hand with them. I mean, uh, we have certain targets every month, I could, you could say, of who we want to get on campus. Um, and it, it's just depending on the kid's schedule at that point. So the coach will, you know, once we talk to them, it's just determining what weekend works best or what weekday works best. And we try to plan that out, you know, in a, in a good time advance so we can alert the people on campus that he's coming and, and set up visits and, and schedules and all that. What's the biggest challenge in your job? Uh, the biggest challenge, I, I think with social media now, I think uh, the biggest challenge is, is really a kid holding to his word. You know, um, We're fortunate to where when a kid commits to us, 90% um, of the time we're going to land them, we're going to sign them. Uh, th that's just our process. But nowadays there's kids like to get likes and they like to get retweets and, and I think social media plays it to a part of that um, but we got to adapt to that and, and find the right guys for our program when you bring that up I immediately think of three players <laughs> three receivers that committed <laughs> to the University of Illinois and then changed their mind yeah yeah so that was a little bit of a hold up in, in some of the academic side of it but uh, it's unfortunate but if they don't want to be here then you know we, we can't do anything about it it's probably better off for our team Social media may be the answer to this next question on how things have changed in the recruiting world over the last handful of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seven years ago when I started here, um, it was Facebook. We used Facebook a lot just to connect with people. And then Twitter really kind of bloomed and blossomed over that time frame. And, and I feel that college football, college recruiting, and Twitter go hand in hand now. Um, and so I think that changes a lot. Um, both good and bad because there's some kids who are under the radar where it takes one person to retweet it and it pops up on your feed and, and then you're able to find that player and, hey, this kid's a good player for us, but he goes to a small school that doesn't really get much publicity. Now, in your job, do you ever leave campus? Uh, not allowed to. You, well, there, there's certain times you that you're allowed go, to. You can't yeah. go to a high school game, basically. No, I can't. I can't. Now, I have recruited uh, the last three years of Coach Smith when we've had coaching changes or – um, when, when a coach has been sick or anything like that, we file some waivers, and um, I'm usually the one that will go out on the road. Yes. If a recruit has a question during the recruiting process, are, are you guys a resource for that? Can they call you? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. So uh, all the rules, um, you know, we're not allowed to make the phone calls. We can receive as many calls as we want. Mm -hmm. uh, we're allowed to message the guys um, certain, you know, grades, certain years, seniors typically. Um and that's how we get contact with them. But we also like to set up, you know, weekly phone calls for all the coaches to be a part of. So the guys that we're currently recruiting, yeah, we talk to them on a weekly basis. You mentioned Huddle as a uh, as a means of getting a video. How, how much talk or conversation or contact do you have with high school coaches? That's a big thing. Uh, you, you know, with like we talked about social media, and, and then you look at the basketball side of it and AAU recruiting and all that. Um, I think when it comes down to it, your high school coach is the one that's going to really give you the most information and the most accurate information. So we do talk to any kid that we offer. We always talk to the high school coach first, make sure that he's okay with it. Um, because if he's not okay with it, then we're not going to offer him. Right. When, when you have a player, uh, uh, go back to the guys from USC, like, who provides you with the film on them? Does the school itself, are they willing to do that? Where do you get the film? Typically not. It's usually the kid that's going to provide it, um, or you're you're able to look back in archives, whether they play on ESPN or, um, or ABC, and you're able to watch full game tape that way. But it's never a, 
a practice film or never a, um, a college team film that you're getting that we shoot ourselves. So, when, they so when you have guys that leave here and go into the portal and, and go somewhere else, you don't provide the film for those? We, we won't provide any practice film. That's, that's one of the rules. No, not really. practice, but game film. It, it just it, it depends, I guess okay. you could say. It, it's a case-by-case case player. Um, they can request game film, and, and, yes, you do have to get approval Most from Most of them it. haven't played a lot of games. I mean, a lot of them haven't. Right, right. So, but then kids, are they, they find ways to get their tape to them. So when you're done talking with us today, what's the rest of your day like on a practice day? Yeah, so we have a few high school coaches here today, so spend some time with them. Um, guys that are here, you know, we're, we actively recruit their players, and, and they're good guys. So spend some time with them, see what their season looks like. Um, and then from here, yesterday I watched the defense. Today I'm going to focus on the offense um, and, and really just try to pick a position group over the next, you know, two and a half, three weeks to evaluate and see the guys that we brought in, really, if they fit our scheme and if we're doing our jobs, I guess. You said you were able to go out and see some players uh, uh, when, when a coach was gone or something. Uh, anybody on the team now here that you saw that you that you contributed mainly to <laughs> went, there, out, went out and actually saw? Yeah, there's a few guys out here. Who's uh, that? Well, I would say – when I went out, so I went out in January, and because I, I, I help organize all our coaches' travel schedule, I took Coach Smith, so we did more junior recruiting than anything. Um, at that time, we already had kids signed and committed, so um, I won't say, you know, we went down to Texas, so I'm not saying that it, I found Marquez, we, but, <laughs> but one of the guys that we saw with, with Coach Smith and everything, so it's, um, but again, he had already signed his NLI by December, so it's more so we were junior recruiting at that time and sophomore recruiting as well. How good an offensive receiver might he be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an offensive guy, so okay. I, I mean, I, I well, tried to play. you've seen him. I mean, he had a lot of catches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did, and uh, but he's a phenomenal athlete, and he we we really think that his he could really excel on the defensive side um, with his skill set, especially you know under Coach Smith with. He wants guys who have hands and, and are ball hawks. That's only going to play to his benefit. I saw two ball hawks yesterday, Martin and Hobbs. Yeah, I thought Hobbs looked really good. Now Nate Hobbs was a uh, that was a, that was a fun one to recruit. I can tell you that. Um, just Louisville, Mayo, Louisville, Mayo High School. Yep. Yeah. Um, at that time, one of our our TB coach at that time went and saw him, and I remember he called me up and he said, "Pat, I just saw this kid make a play, ten yard line. He sprinted down a guy on the opposite forty. And he said, I, I want to offer him right now. <laughs> Where did Rondale Moore go? Where Ron, did he attend? He was at um, – uh, he wasn't at Mayo. He was okay. at the other bigger school okay. over there. Yep. I knew he was from Louisville. I didn't think he was from Mayo. But yeah. He made a difference, didn't he? He did. From yeah. Purdue. Yeah, he's a good player. Year. He's a good player. <laughs> I guess. So. What's, uh, what's your f- the favorite part of your job? Honestly, just getting to meet different people, mm-hmm. uh, different walks of life, really, whether a kid comes from nothing or a kid comes from everything. Um, just seeing how appreciative they are and how humble they are. Um, that that's the coolest thing, and then getting to meet their families too. I mean, I look around, and every kid that's on this team right now, I know their parents. So when you walk in, and or when you leave practice, and you see all the parents, it's fun to see them, give them a hug, see how they're doing, see the family grow and evolve. You mentioned you played at Ohio Wesleyan. Are you an Ohio native? I am. I'm from Cleveland. So oh, yeah. Tim Knox and myself, we grew up about 15 minutes away from each other. Didn't know Tim before I got here, but. You two and LeBron, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Tim's dad actually uh, 
was a teacher for LeBron in high school. Is that so right? Some of you guys can ask him. We'll do that. <laughs> hey, Pat, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Absolutely. Good luck to you. We'll see you around for sure. Thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. That's Pat Embleton from the uh, recruiting office of the University of Illinois football program. Practice is underway. If you'd like to uh, come on out, do so. It's 10-15. The phone line's still open. 356-9397 is the number. We'll be here till 11. Practice goes until 12. And we'll be back with more after this. Stay with us. 10-17, a lot I felt on Saturday's sports talk with you from Illinois football practice with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Ed Bond here as well. Phone lines are open, 356-9397 if you'd like to join us. Much of the conversation about Illinois football, but uh, another major sport in the fall is volleyball. Chris Thomas, head coach of the Illini volleyball team, is with us with uh, a young assistant in tow. How are you doing, Coach? Doing great. How are you guys? Who's uh, who's the latest player this here? This is Carly here, 10, month, 10 months old as of yesterday. So, yeah. She's got a good seat, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's, Jimmy's in the tree over there, and Josie's roaming around somewhere, though. So we're, all the kids here this morning. Well, give us an update on uh, – your schedule, how things are, you just got back from vacation, I'm told. So yes, yeah. Back to get to work, short, huh? Short vacation, we had a long summer uh, after a good year. You know, I was a little bit in high demand for some coaching clinics and uh, some other camps around the country. So uh, good to have that exposure. And uh, we start a week from today. So today is our, our week from today is our first practice. And you haven't had much contact with your team, have you? No, we're not allowed to have any uh, summer contact with them at all. So once we break, um, Right before finals there, they go, there are strength coaches allowed to work with them, but we're not allowed to work with them at all. So we saw them a little bit over camp time, but uh, that's about it. How does that differ from other sports? Well, uh, basketball has contact. I don't know their exact rules, uh, but they're allowed to practice through the summer. And then, of course, uh, both teams are going on their foreign trips, so they're allowed to practice the, to the lead up to that. Um, if we were going to foreign trip, we would have the same, but we're not going on for another couple of years. So, uh it's just, you know, you don't have the contact, but I'm okay with that because I want players that are here that are uh, willing and able to work on their own without us kind of looking over their shoulder. And, you know, we get to train 132 days out of the year, and the other 200, they got to be motivated enough uh, to get out there and, and do it on their own. So happy to have those types of players here in the program. Uh, are they mostly working out here, or do you have players that are, that are elsewhere? Yeah, most of them are in summer school. Uh, right now the incoming freshmen are also started as of June. Uh, so they come in for summer school, and so they're here to work out with their strength coach, and then they do voluntary um, captain's practices. Uh, the walk-ons will come uh, next week. So uh, everyone's here but a couple, and even those couple came back to help us with camps. What will be your emphasis this year as you have a new team? Yeah, you know, I, I think it remains the same. It's kind of one game at a time for me, one, one day at a time, really, not even the first game. We don't get to the first game until about three weeks in. So, you know, practice one will be a week from today, and we really want to be good about – uh, just taking care of business, uh, one rep, one day at a time. That's kind of been the mantra since I got in here, and we've we've gotten far with it. So talk we'll, about we'll setter. Going. <laughs> talk yeah. about setter. You know, well, let's talk about the one that just left us. She she was uh, she's playing with USA right now. They're in Olympic qualification right now. It's on, uh, I believe, NBC. Uh, no, Olympic Channel uh, is, is what they're on. How many women her age are on that team? Uh, her. <laughs> There's a couple she's actually a- that are younger that are um, Dana Retke from Wisconsin's also on that team. Uh, Mary Lake of Libero out of BYU, and there's another player uh, that's still in college that's uh, that's uh, that's playing as well, Jordan Thompson. So, uh, but it's very rare to just come out and be in that position. And uh, but since I've been here, I kind of knew that she was going to have a good shot at being on that roster. And uh, her her pass started a couple years ago with USA, and she's doing great. And chance to qualify for uh, Tokyo Olympics on. Uh, 
today and tomorrow. If they if they win the next two, then they'll qualify for the Olympics next year. And and as far as the team this year is concerned, you got some really good people. Looks to me like. Yeah, we got some great um, great players. I think we're bringing in a total of seven or eight, if you count transfers and everything else that came through this year for us. So. Uh, you know, start over a little bit in terms of just personnel and just getting them used to our systems. Uh, but I'm very pleased with the talent that we're bringing in, and uh, they're all great kids, and they're all uh, really hard workers, and um, that's what I'm most proud of. When you have a player like Jordan Bolter, how does that help recruiting? I mean, it's got to be such a such a benefit, I would think. Sure. It, you know, it, it obviously helps you get far in the tournament, as we did last year, and uh, I think the exposure – um, that helps you give. And we also have another Illinois alum, Michelle uh, Barch-Hackley, is, mm-hmm. is also playing on the same team. And there's a coach, Aaron Virtue, that's on that roster too. So whenever you get that exposure, um, I think it's great. And to have that early success saying, hey, yeah, we can train you to be uh, you know, a national team pro level right off the bat. And I think that's huge for us. Do you follow the uh, hockey business? Do you follow? The, I, you know, uh, I, I kind of just keep going one day at a time. As you see, I'm busy. <laughs> well, I know, I, I know it's going to have a big effect on you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, you know, I kind of just, like I said, I really do go one day at a time. For most of the time, obviously, we got some long-term goals and visions. But uh, you know, the hockey thing's beyond my reach. And if we get happens, it happens, and uh, we'll be happy to to do what we need to do to keep being successful here with Illinois. That would that actually mean that you'd be moving downtown right right from, yeah from up. you know i played in many different gyms in many different areas uh, as long as there's i say as long as there's a court bucket of balls and a net <laughs> the same height will be well, good it's to a go. big advantage to huff right now playing at home it there's is no doubt it about is. that and you know t- to that end you know we didn't get many teams that wanted to come play us in the preseason so we only have one preseason match uh well beyond the scrimmage we have the scrimmage uh, orange and blue scrimmage on august 24th and then september 1st is our only uh our only spring match so uh, against, uh, or excuse me, o- only a uh, preseason match mm-hmm. against uh, University of Tennessee. And then uh, we don't come back to Huff again until September 27th against Nebraska. So, Talk about the overall schedule. What uh, what do you like about it? The strength well, of it? yeah, it's 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 tough. And I wanted it to be tough from, from day one. And just to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position to have a good RPI and being able to to host, you know, I think last year was a, was a huge deal with our success. Um, it's really tough to come into Huff, especially if you're an opposing, if you're an opposing group and uh, opposing team, and just being making sure that we're putting ourselves in position to have the capability of hosting. I think is a big deal. And, you know, there's no guarantee there because the conference is tough again, and uh, you still got to do really well in conference. I'm impressed with your multitasking <laughs> skills this morning. Just a nice handoff. Yeah, used, used to it. I'm used to it. So. Yeah, the three, three, three kids under under five will do that to you. That'll, so that'll, yeah. that'll keep you busy. Yeah. I, I'm curious when when a coach of one sport goes to a practice of another sport, you probably no. don't get the a chance to do that very often. But can you pick up things? Can you? What do you look for? Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> I look for how hard people are working and kind of what if everyone's doing their job, so to speak. And you know, we did the same thing. You know, our sports a lot less complex than than football is, but I also uh, liken it. So, you know, it's pretty it's pretty similar. We we break off into units and we go do our work within a, you know, maybe 30 minute span. Mm-hmm. And we all come together and we do, you know, six on six. We do a lot of, uh, you know, work there. So you just look for effort and intent and attitude. And, uh, you know, we just strolled in. So I'll, I'll take a peek after. But uh, just kind of what I see out of the corner of my eye looks good. Speaking in general terms, how are you feeling about recruiting? Uh, good. You know, it's like How I said. How far ahead are you? You know, they just changed the rules on us this year. So we're we're usually talking to eighth graders. And, <laughs> yeah, 
And so I say, you know, when, when I took the job, it's like, okay, well, how's recruiting going? Well, I, it was going as far as the, the recruits were, were looked at. So this whole class coming in uh, this year is going to be all, all my recruits uh, rolling through. And Kevin, you know, great coach, also did a great job with everyone uh, coming in beforehand. And uh, so, you know, now it's just a, a matter of meshing the groups and just making sure we're just always looking for the, the next best kid in the country. And and just making sure that we're on the radar. And I think, you know, making Final Four runs really helps with that and get the exposure and uh, everything that falls with that's just great. Do you have uh, commitments as back as far as sophomores and juniors uh, right now? Our furthest commitments back are uh, 2021. So that's, what does that put us in? They're going to be juniors this year. And then now we're the new rule is no longer allowed to talk to anyone until they're of June 15th going into the junior year. So. Uh, we've had some communication. Why would they make that change? Well, it's I don't think it's necessarily right that we're talking to eighth graders, and so no. I'm in favor of the rule. And no. so before, you used to be able to say, hey, we'll talk to an eighth grader, ninth but, grader, they would come to your camp. But now you can't talk to a freshman or sophomore. Right, right. I wish they would let us talk to them a little bit sooner, um, but they said no offering, no talking to them until um, – or no talking to them until June 15th, no offering – of a scholarship till August 1st, or no, uh, bringing them on for a, a visit till August 1st. So you can so go watch so them forth. play. You can but still go watch them, yeah, yeah, and we you, still will. Yeah, can you still. talk to the parents? We Nope, no parents. Okay. Uh, parents can't talk to us. Um, they can send us communication one way. We cannot talk back to them. Um, we can talk to their club coaches a little bit, but mostly just about general interest of, hey, I, we have interest in player X, and uh, just kind of try to keep them on our radar and hopefully get them out to camps and – and uh, and or games and again you know the exposure that the Big Ten gives us I think right. is huge and uh, you know you're going to continue to see the Big Ten at the top of the kind of echelon for volleyball and that's uh, I say it's a luxury of being the Big Ten if you can get through the Big Ten then you're you're ready for tournament play. That's Chris Thomas. No pressure. Just get back to the final <laughs> four, right? Yeah, did that easy. Yeah, yeah. No, one well, day at a time. Practice well, is meetings on August 9th. Practice on August 10th. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I know you are. Thanks. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah, coach. Good to see yep. you. Well, volleyball coach Chris Thomas with us out here at football practice, which is underway. If you're out and about, uh, come on by. It goes until 11. Or goes until noon. Our show goes until 11. We'll take a break here as we approach the bottom of the hour. We've got more for you coming up on Lion Eye Pella Saturday Sports Talk back after this. 10.30 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Lion Eye Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Ed Bond is here as well. We're at, at Illinois football practice, which is underway until noon or a little bit after. Cassie Arner from the athletic department joins us. Cassie, how are you? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. Lauren. What's, What's uh, keeping you busy these days? What's new with you? Ooh, so much keeping us busy, which is a good thing. But, you know, in my new role here, it's all about fan engagement and trying to create events that uh, give memories to the people who attend football, basketball, tennis, all those events. Um, so we've been working on getting ready for the football season, and I think, I think it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be one of those situations where – um, whether you're coming for the football or you're coming because, you, you know, it's a family tradition, you will enjoy yourself. What uh, might be some of the differences, some of the new things fans might uh, notice? Well, the first one that most everybody noticed and we've been talking about since April is, you know, we'll be selling beer in the general stands now. Um, during the off season, we did a survey and, and, you know, a lot of people survey their season ticket holders to ask, you know, how, how you like things at the stadium. But we really wanted to concentrate on 
the people who were not attending games to see what it is that's keeping people or would you know potentially make people want to buy tickets and come to games and um, we broke it down into two different categories one was things having to do with the stadium and the facility and then th and amenities you have um, and number one on that list every way we asked the question was beer sales so you know, Josh saw that and he saw that that's, a, you know, not only was it a great desire of our fans, but it would change some of their buying habits and potentially uh, create more sales there. And so beer sales in the stadium, you know, we've had them in premium seating for quite a while. And, and now everyone uh, throughout the stadium will be able to enjoy that as well. So that's that's probably the biggest thing that we uh, worked on during the off season. Uh, we've done some some things to Memorial Stadium. We're knocking down the wall in the north end zone that separated the student section from that patio, which was right outside the backside of Lovey Smith's office. And you know, another thing that we're seeing trending in just sporting events in general is the ability to have social space. Come in, and you know, people don't necessarily want to sit in one location for three hours. You know, when get out and they want to. Um, enjoy the people that they came to the game with and you can um, see the game from there you can and you know that we got the video board faces the video board so even if you're in the back side of that patio you can see the game from the video board we'll have you know nice furniture there outdoor furniture uh, picnic tables with with umbrellas uh, will be section uh, and then TVs showing games point of sale in the student section uh, and then TVs showing games across the country so that's I think that's something that that age group really desires. And, you know, if we can do it in other places in the stadium, we can. But that was that was an area that opened up to us immediately with the uh, Smith Center opening and the coaches moving out of that space. What are you planning for Grange Grove? So Grange Grove, um, I think, has has just grown and grown over the years as people start to realize what a great destination it is. Um, you know, we always will have live music in there. Um, we're going to. I'll say it here, and we're going to announce it on Monday, but we're going to bring back tailgate uh, for the Nebraska game. So, you know, that's something that people who are around in the 80s, they remember the competition of, of tailgating mm -hmm. and uh, the great food that it brought out and, and just the, the creativity that, that people used to put into their tailgates. I think people still do that. Now we're going to reward them for it and hopefully encourage more people to come out and, and make it an afternoon, make it a day, make it a weekend, really. Come down if you if you don't live here, come down and and there's so much more you can take in not just game day. Um, we're gonna bring out the basketball team, you know, do uh, kind of a, a kickoff to their season in Grange Grove uh, with all the players. I think that's whenever you can get your athletes around the community, um, it certainly develops a little bit more affinity for the team and and makes you want to follow them. Has Grange Grove evolved? the way that uh, you folks envisioned it? I think so. You know, the, the probably the biggest area where we can grow is people realizing that it, you can come in and tailgate for free. You know, anyone who's looking for an opportunity to, to make a day out of it, to come in, spend two, three hours before kickoff, you know, enjoying friends, inviting people out, you know, it's free to you and you can come in and reserve a space. Um, another thing we'll be doing this year in Grange Grove is we've never really identified what our capacity is. How many people can we actually get in there? Excuse me. And we know with people wanting to tailgate that it'd be nice to go in and reserve a space. So we'll have signs out that show you where all the spaces are. You can write your name on it and not even have to necessarily bring all your 
um, items, tents out the night before, you know it's there for you and you can be assured that 7 a.m. the next morning, no one's going to take your space. Might we see wrestling again? I don't know if we're going to see wrestling out. <laughs> we won't. I don't know if we'll grapple in the Grove again. <laughs> um, and that's what we were hoping to do with basketball, you know, kind of bring out a sport court and do some things with basketball. And I don't know if we'll do a full practice just because of the um, safety issues with being able to practice on a grass uh, surface like that and, and how much it would take. But I think we'll do a lot where fans can uh, play one-on-one with some of our players or have a the world's largest game of knockout or, you know, <laughs> something where you're it's more interactive. It's not necessarily the coaches coaching, but you can – you can really see the guys and, and get up close and personal. Did you go dancing with Georgie last month at the, I did. in Chicago? I did. Um, not very good at it. But what Georgie <laughs> taught us that day is there are no bad dancers. <laughs> that was his main message. Yeah. Alana Fest in Chicago was, was He's great. wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can prove that. Like, like there's no bad questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean – you don't come across a, a personality like Georgie very often. And when you do, I think you've got to make sure we we put him out there for all to see. He is, I don't know, he, he is, he's such a special person. He really is. And he looked like he was having fun. He it, was. it wasn't a, a job or a chore for him no. to do th- those things. No. Uh, yeah, we, so as we were working with campus on this Illini Fest concept of, you know, basically that party in the park that we used to do up in Chicago, uh, our new CMO on campus, Eric Miner, said, you know, maybe Georgie can do a dance lesson. I said, we could probably do that. And, and he was he was all on board. That You just have to ask him once and, right. and then promise him that you'll feed him. It was, <laughs> it, it was funny. That, that day, I was down on campus doing something, running an errand that morning. That was on a Thursday. Yep. George was riding his bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he waved at me, and I said, wait a second. Isn't he supposed to be in Chicago? But he certainly got there in time. To- he did. He did. <laughs> George riding bicycle across campus. That's a, that's like a Where's Waldo. You know, yep. you got to he, – he's always there. you got to spot him. Yep. Everybody knows him. He is. He's special. Anything else uh, you'd like to share with us? You said Monday on the tailgate uh, announcement. Well, we'll announce tailgate on Monday, and hopefully it will give people about two months to – kind of get their creative juices flowing and is that going to be a contest if, again it will be a contest again so i'll 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 keep quiet on the prizes but we're okay. we're excited about um about that you know i think it's something i never got to experience till great myself it was from 82 to 88 but I can't tell you there's not a year that goes by that somebody goes oh we should bring back tail great that was that was the greatest time and Football get, get, tailgating history. Get Tom Porter to help you. He's right here. Yeah, we I've He's had a- some discussions with Tom. <laughs> He's very passionate about it for sure. Hey, Cassie, appreciate your time. Oh, thanks. I just want to make sure everybody goes out and gets those tickets. I think I think this will be a special year, and I think we'll start seeing it now that training camp's going on. It, it's it's kind of marks the beginning, doesn't it? Does. it? Is there a little countdown going it now? And it, it'll be here before we know it. I know. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You bet. Cassie Arner from uh, the U of I with us for a few minutes here among our guests on Lanai Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. We've got more for you from Illinois football practice. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Welcome back to Lanai Pella's Saturday Sports Talk from Illinois football practice. Nice day for practice. Some fans out here bringing lawn chairs, sitting on the hill, watching uh, the orange and blue in practice number two of the uh, preseason here as we get set for um, the uh, start of the season against Akron on August 31st. 
Yesterday after practice, Laura and I had a chance to visit a little bit with uh, receivers coach Andrew Hayes-Stoker. He's got a group of about 15 players he's working with. Here's how that went. I saw a good tempo from most of the veteran guys. I'd like to see the young guys kind of learn the, the pace of some of the routes, to learn the pace of moving in a tempo offense from one side of the field to the other side of the field, to understand the communication with the signals. So I'd like to see better tempo there. But I did like I liked the effort that I got from most of the guys. People were trying. They were competitive. I think at first they were thinking originally that I'm not going to get enough reps. But I think they're surprised that you're going to get the reps. You're going to get the wear and tear. And they're happy to have the numbers here this year. You've got 15 guys basically you're working with. Is that a chore in getting each guy enough reps early on? I think if you look at most you know, Division One teams, they probably have 12 to 14 scholarship receivers. So, and that's not including the walk-on. So there's usually more depth. This is the most depth we've had in four years, which is a good thing for the duration of the season. You know, we kind of need that. Is it fair, uh, watching the first day of practice, you want to make sure that Sydney, and both guys from USC and maybe Washington, the, the recruit, the freshman recruit, you want to get them more, uh, see what they can do? Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the tough part about today was we haven't had a ton of time to install and really teach them in the classroom before we bring them out. So some of the veteran guys that have been here before that know what they're doing kind of led the way and took the front line. But, um, they, I mean, they were with the twos at this point right now. Right now the depth chart is not set. There's nobody that's established himself as a starter, in my opinion, not even Smallman's. You know, he's got a track record from his freshman year. We know what he can do. We know what his potential is. He's not solidified a spot. He didn't play well enough to solidify a spot last year. Everybody's coming in to fight for a spot. There are guys, obviously, that will start higher on the depth chart right now for various reasons, but the depth chart is not set. Um, I saw Carter out here, and, and I saw he looked like he had really good hands. Is he 100% after that knee injury? If you talk to Carter, he's 100%. <laughs> what did the coach, what, is, what did the medical people say? The medical people have cut him loose. You know, okay. They've done a wonderful job with him right now. Carter's biggest battle is me. You know, standing in his way, he's a guy that, you know, he needs the reps. I need to see what he can do now that he's back. You know, he's still got to work through some things. We've got to see how the knee's going to respond from day to day. But I like his mentality. He's a competitor. There's nobody that's going to work harder than the guy. The guy's got heart. He's got courage. He's got everything you want in that regard. So you're going to go a couple of days, I would guess, two or three days, maybe four days before you put the pads on? Yeah, I think we got three practices before we put the pads on, or is it pads on the third practice? I have to check the sheet right now. Kind of living day to day, day to day right now at this point. What do you want to see from Friday to Saturday's practice? Friday to Saturday's practice, I'd like to see a crisper tempo from the entire group. I'd like to see less balls on the ground, you know, and I'd like to see guys that are functioning not only doing the right, doing the job the right way, but fundamentally doing the job the right way. Now, I want to know, are you trying to chop Lovey's beard? Do you think you can do that? Well, mine is black. <laughs> mine is black. You know, he can't turn the clock back right now. <laughs> By the way, I saw Lovey over on the offensive side. I know he's the defensive coordinator he this year, but, but he's over watching you guys for a while That's today, right. too. He might be stealing secrets over there. <laughs> You've got most of your eye, obviously, on the receivers, but yeah. do, do you get a feel for how the quarterbacks are doing and getting the balls to them? You know, I've been gone pretty much all summer. We really can't work with the guys. They've kind of been on their own. I'm getting reports from various players of how they did and whatnot, but I've, I, this will be my first real look at the guys, you know, as far as quarterbacks and the chemistry of the receivers goes. 
Overall, do, do, are you looking for one or two guys to be special? Or is this, is this going to be a team thing where you'll be alternating pretty much seven or eight guys? It depends. You know, I believe I believe in basketball rules, street basketball, make it, take it. If you got a hot hand, I think you should stay in there. You know, right now, we've got to see who's going to have the hot hand. Coach, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, thank you. Yep. All right, we'll see you guys. You. All right, have a good one. That's Andrew Hayes Stoker talking uh, yesterday about uh, day one of practice. Of course, he's on the field right now working uh, with his receivers and a couple of good plays out in front of us. Oh, yeah. I I, I think back to a year, a number of years ago, where we thought we had the best defensive line anywhere. We had so many good – and all of a sudden, this guy gets hurt. This guy doesn't play well. This, all of, in other words, we went in thinking one thing and come out thinking another. And I'm starting to have that feeling, and it's awful early, about the receivers because the receivers should be – I think we considered receiving one of the weak spots of the team. When you say that uh, during the summer, that mm -hmm. that's a fair statement. I think if you look at the magazines, they would rank our receivers among the worst in the Big Ten. And I will tell you, I don't think that's accurate. I, I, I see something out here that, uh, and and it's way too, it's awfully early, but but we've got some guys with tremendous hands, and I I just think that when you throw Carter and you throw Sydney and you throw guys like that into the mix with the guys they have returning. I, I think that's uh, the receivers have got a chance. A guy that wished he played receiver back in the day, Martin O'Donnell is with us. How you doing, big fella? I had the hands of a receiver and the body of an ox. So, <laughs> so they found a spot for you on the yeah, offensive line. So. An ox is probably too muscular, more like an elephant, but it all worked <laughs> out okay. You got your assistant with you, Mikey with you? I do, I do. I was watching some Illinois football. and He's pumped up. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I'm pumped up. You're always pumped up for Yeah, always pumped up. Fall I mean, it, practice. There's only so, only so much you can tell in shorts and stuff, but, you know, football season's here, and it's a beautiful day. Yeah, it, you don't really get many of these. In August, no. it seems to me that it's awful. Sweaty is all I remember August being, but today yeah. is perfect. No, this is this is great. How, how you think you would have liked this set up? We mentioned earlier Camp Ranch Yule was great for what it was. They did a yeah. great job up there, but this is so close and so handy, and yeah, so close and so handy, and I mean, and Camp Rantoul was always a you know a, a good experience. You know, when you kind of look back at it, it was something to kind of you know endure when you were playing. But you know, at the same time, I think it makes sense. You have all these amenities, you know, right here on campus, especially now. I mean, they just you know built a big football building, and it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to leave that for the most critical couple of weeks of the of right. fall camp. And you know, so it makes a lot of sense to kind of keep everything here. And, and I think also, you know, I think the attendance here has been in my estimation, more usually than it was at Rantoul. I mean, I, that's not very scientific, but, you know, just given the proximity and having it right here, I think it's nice. Martin O'Donnell with us, uh, offensive line, got an experienced group back. Mm -hmm. Loss of Nick Allegretti certainly hurts. Uh, but uh, the first four or five guys seem pretty solid, but uh, maybe some depth uh, concerns. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, it's tough to replace a guy like Allegretti. But, yeah, the depth concerns are there. I think, you know, the offensive line was extremely healthy last year. You know, you can't really count on having uh, that kind of injury luck again. So they need, to, they need to develop some depth there. Ideally, you have somebody uh, who's kind of your backup interior guy, and then you got a swing tackle. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that fall camp is critical for is, you know, some of those younger guys that have been buried are going to have a lot of opportunities to play this fall in various situations. So they, uh, you know, the coaching staff, you know, Rod Smith, Bob McClain, they got, they got to find guys uh, along the offensive line that they know they can trust. You know, uh, the thing I noticed about Pettibone, who's probably going to take Allegretti's spot, at least he has the first shot at it, he's trimmed down. I mean, he looks better. He, he, he looked a little bit heavy, I thought, 
and he's uh, he, he he looks like a different guy right now, number 74. And of course, the other guy that I think is going to be very competitive with him is Virtus Brown, and he, and we're hearing great things from him from the weight room. Good. And he that so. I think that, but I don't think that they have the depth. I mean, depth is still a concern. Yeah. But uh, I, they had slaughter at uh, offensive left tackle uh, yesterday because Lowe was taking his final exams in summer school. So mm. he he was the only one that we know missed, wasn't he, Steve? I don't no, know. There, there were a few others. Were there? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, he missed. He was missing in the offensive line, and they had slaughter in there, which indicates they feel pretty good about him. He's a sophomore from Belleville. It, it looks like a. He's a big, rangy kid that looks like he's okay at 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah. No, again, I think that's – and that, those are some of the good things. I mean, it's an opportunity for a guy because, I mean, I remember when I was on the second string, you know, my first you know, couple of years in, in camp and stuff, and when you get thrown in with the ones, it's a different deal. And, yeah. um, you know, and it's and it's a different speed and things, you know, move a little bit differently and, uh, you know, you got your plane next to somebody different. So that's, that's one of the great things about fall camp is just, again, the ability to kind of throw guys into situations that they haven't been in before, haven't been in very much much and and see how they react and then you got plenty of time to break down the film and and talk about it afterwards what are these guys feeling right now day day number two no pads are they anxious to get into pads oh yeah i I think so i mean look you don't you don't play the game of football to run around in shorts i mean you play the game of football (laughs) to hit people so uh i I think they're going to be there's there's always a lot of energy a lot of juice on that first day of pads in fall camp and you know then it kind of wears on you when you get to practice you know the 10th practice in pads and things like that now they've scaled back uh, I don't think they do two a days anymore, and right. so they they're they're very careful about how they do that, which I think is smart. But yeah, I'm sure the guys are you know chomping at the bit to uh, you know to get the pads on and, and get them popping. Martin, what do you think is the key to this team? What's the key to, to turning this thing around? Yeah, I, I think the key this year is, is the defense. Is the defense? I think last year, you know, and, and there were several games there where offensively they were able to, um, you know, they they were really able to to be competitive and to move the ball. Um, but there are also a lot of those games, and most of those games are similar, where you know defensively they weren't able to get stops that they needed. So I think I think that's what it comes down to. And I think if you look at more granular, uh, again, just being in the conference that we're in and the division we're in, we got to stop the run. I mean, that's really what it comes down to because all these other teams in the Big Ten West, you know, I think, uh, you know, Nebraska's quarterback is is pretty darn good. But I think, you know, Iowa's always, you know, at a little bit of a disadvantage if you can force Iowa to have to throw the ball. Wisconsin's the same way. I mean, but there's all these teams in our division that if you let them run the ball, they will gladly run for 250 to 300 and control the tempo of the game. So I think defensively, you know, I, I think the defense really has to take a step. I think they're certainly capable of doing it. you got a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. They've taken their lumps, and now it's it's their turn to really give them out. And then they're a lot more healthy. They got older depot back. They got uh, uh, several players back mm-hmm. that uh, didn't play much last year. And then you've also got Milan, who I'm waiting to find out how good he really is because this is senior year, and he's always been uh, the coach has been very high on him, mm-hmm. and he, he would be good for some games. And then the next thing you know, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think Jamal's the kind of guy. He, he certainly has the tools. He's a big body. He can, you know, he can be kind of that penetrator on the inside. I think, you know, one of the big things that he needs to do, uh, you know, this season is is one, you know, be able to stay on the field more, but two, really kind of be able to create a little bit of a pass rush up front. I think he's he's been able to plug the run a little bit, but when you have a defensive tackle that can really pressure the quarterback from the interior, that's the kind of thing that changes the defense and, and forces an opposing offense to have to scheme around it. So again, he's the kind of guy. He's got the tools. And, you know, we see it every year. There's usually, you know, at least one or two seniors or guys who just kind of come out of nowhere uh, or just really take a big step forward. And, you know, it would be huge for this team if he could be that guy. Are you among the group of uh, so-called experts that uh, 
that likes Nebraska in the West, or do you uh, maybe favor Iowa? Or? I, I think it's wide open. Yeah. I, I really do. I mean, I think uh, uh, you know everybody's talking about Nebraska, and, and I understand that. But you know, Nebraska's defense was really bad last yep. year, uh, so they really need to fix that side of the ball. And I don't follow Nebraska recruiting or anything. I think Nebraska's offense certainly deserves to be talked about as one of the better offenses, uh, probably in the conference. But I, I think what you have is there's just going to be a lot of toss-up games across the entire division. You know, between between Wisconsin and Iowa and, and Nebraska and, you know, Minnesota's coming off of another bowl game. But, um, you know, I don't know which of those teams is going to be consistent and I don't know which of those teams is going to show up every week. I mean, it could be also be the kind of year where, you know, you have a team in the West just kind of run the table like Iowa did a couple years ago. I mean, I, I think it's wide open in the West. I mean, the East, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at Michigan. Uh, and Ohio State's always there, too. Iowa's got the one thing that all the rest of the teams are trying to get, and that's really good defense. Iowa, Iowa, Iowa is going to keep – you're going to be playing low-scoring games against Iowa, I think. And uh, I think that uh, there's there's concerns at Wisconsin about how good their defense is. Mm-hmm. There's concerns at Nebraska. I don't yep. know how good Minnesota's defense is. I don't know how good Illinois' defense is. If Illinois can upgrade their defense, they're, they're competitive yeah. with all those teams I just mentioned. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the thing is I don't think there's not a It's a, a big huge, if, though. No, it's, it, it, it's an if, and it, but like as you said, it, it's a big if for a lot of teams. But these aren't young guys out there playing. I mean, we see Hobbs and yeah. uh, he, and Martin yesterday at That's the right. corners. They look like real big ten, big ten players, and, and the linebackers look big and strong with Eifler and Harding is going to be a pretty good uh, senior, I think, and lead, uh, help lead the team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly the, the components are there, and, you know, I think one of the biggest things for them is just getting confidence early in the season, you know, and they can start getting some of that confidence here in camp if they're able to take it to the offense because the one thing that Illinois as a team was able to do last year was run the ball against just about everybody. I think, you mm-hmm. know, number two rushing attack in the conference. So if you have, you know, that's one of the things, a few things you can tell when you get pads on it's like, if Illinois' offense is struggling to run the ball against the defense, you know, in some of these fall practices, I think that's a really good sign. Uh, now, I haven't seen any of this, and obviously you can't tell that probably for a little bit, but those are one of the things, you know, Illinois was able to establish something last year, and that's a running game. And so that's something for them to build upon on both sides of the ball. That's Martin O'Donnell who will be in the booth with uh, Brian Barnhart on the Fighting Illini Sports Network, providing his expert analysis. Appreciate it, my friend. Anytime. Enjoy the rest of practice. We'll take a final break and be back with some final words on this edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. A couple of minutes left on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk from Illinois football practice. Practice will continue till about noon today here on the campus rec fields off Florida Avenue. Illini going through some drills, a little offense and defense, and there's all kinds of things, different things to see. You can go from field to field, and you want to look at the Offensive linemen, they're available in the passing game, of course, and a lot to look at at practice. Yeah, we've got to follow the passing, obviously, because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be and we don't know who the receivers are going to be, but uh, uh, this this offense is going to be okay, Steve. I'm confident of the offense. I think that uh, O'Donnell hit it right on the nose when he said, can they stop the run when most of the Big Ten teams that you have to beat are going to come in here with one intention? And that's to run the football right down your throat if they can. And we have, Illinois has not been able to stop the run effectively over the recent years. Yep. And that, that'll be the key. And there's a basketball practice before they leave town yep. this afternoon. Uh, yep. It'll end with the scrimmage. It's open to the public at Ubbin. Get started about 1 o'clock. It's so, a great chance to see them play because yeah. uh, everything we've seen up to now has been basically drills and what you call practice. But now this is going to be a scrimmage today. 
Thanks to our guest today, Kent Brown, Andrew Hayes Stoker, Jason Hegemeyer from the, the ticket office, Illini volleyball coach Chris Thomas spent some time with us, Patrick Embleton from the recruiting staff, Martin O'Donnell, Cassie Arner, and a few other folks. That, we, that volleyball's right on top of us, you know. It is. It really is. It's coming. It's coming uh, as well as football. Appreciate your time. Thanks to Ed Bond, to Adam Austin as well for his help back in the studio. And we'll talk to you again soon on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend, everybody.